Section One of A Rubaiyat Miscellany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug. Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam by Edward Fitzgerald. Author's Final Revision. With The Literal Omar being a version of those quatrains of the original upon which Fitzgerald's poem was based. Edited by Arthur Guiterman. With eight illustrations by Gilbert James. Paul Elder and Company. Publishers, San Francisco. 1909. The Preface. About the middle of the eleventh century, perhaps a dozen years before the Battle of Hastings, Omar Khayyam, or, to give him his full title, Gias Udin Abu Fah Omar in Ibrahim al Khayyam, was born in the city of Naishapur, in the province of Khorasan, in the ancient and somewhat decadent kingdom of Persia. Omar's surname, Khayyam, meaning tent maker, descended to him from his father, and the theory that he ever practised his paternal or ancestral calling is hardly countenanced by the poet's own whimsical allusion to his name in the oft-quoted quatrain. Khayyam, who stitched the tents of learning, falling into grief's furnace, lies burned to ashes. The knife of fate hath cut the tent-ropes of his life, and the broker of hope hath sold him for a song. Though there are conflicting opinions, it is popularly accepted that Omar was educated in his native city at the school of a renowned priest and teacher, the Imam Moafek in fellowship and sworn brotherhood with two schoolmates, who were destined to figure prominently in the annals of their time. The first of these was Hassan ibn Ali, later known as the Nizam ul-Mulk, that is, regulator of the state, or vizier to the Sultan Ab Ashlan and Malik Shah. The other was Hassan ben Sabah, afterwards infamous as the Sheikh al-Jabal, or old man of the mountains of the crusaders founder and chief of that terrible sect the assassins the three boys mutually vowed that whichever one of them should attain to power would share his good fortune with the others so it was that when hassan ibn ali became chief administrator of the state he offered omar the governorship of naishapur and the adjacent districts the poet however had no political ambitions and desired only the means to enable him to pursue his scientific researches without care for the morrow. His friend, therefore, granted him a substantial pension, in the enjoyment of which he spent his remaining days at Naishapur, occupied with the study of the sciences, especially mathematics and astronomy. He was greatly honoured by Sultan Malik Shah, and was one of the eight scientists employed by that ruler in the important work of reforming the Mohammedan calendar a task that he and his associates performed with great success. He was the author of various mathematical, astronomical, and meteorological pamphlets and tables of high repute, and there are extant quaint stories which exalt him as an astrologer and weather prophet of parts. Although the narrators of these tales admit that Omar himself placed small faith in forecasts of future events, Indeed, several incidents make it appear that Omar had a far keener sense of humour than most of his contemporaries, and was not above a joke at the expense of the literal-minded. 
He died in A.D. 1123, and was buried near the wall of the cemetery of Naishapur, where the extended boughs of the fruit trees in an adjoining garden, blossoming at different seasons, repeatedly covered his tomb with heaps of their dropped flowers, thus fulfilling his prophecy, recorded by a loving pupil, My grave will be in a spot where the trees will shed their blossoms on me twice a year. There are said to be, in various known manuscripts, about twelve hundred rubaiyat or quatrains ascribed to Omar, though many of these are admittedly spurious, some having evidently been interpolated by scribes or scholars to voice their dissent from the poet's heretical views. Each rubai is really a distinct poem. In the Persian manuscripts, the quatrains are grouped alphabetically, that is, according to the terminal letters of the rhymed lines, and with no reference to their meaning or subject. Fitzgerald, in his beautiful version, besides selecting, combining, and marvellously retouching such rubaiyat as appealed to his genius, arranged them so as to produce an effect of continuity of thought wholly lacking in the originals. Interpreted literally or allegorically, Omar has been diversely credited with every possible form of belief and unbelief, but the old astronomer took himself far less seriously than many of his commentators take him and themselves. His was a period of a great religious unrest in the Mohammedan world, with much wrangling of the two and seventy jarring sects, each blissfully assured of the eternal damnation of all the others. And it is easy to believe that he took a sly delight in shocking the dogmatists, partly by voicing directly heterodox views, often by carrying their own doctrines to unforeseen yet logical conclusions. Moreover, his verses, the diversions of a mathematician thrown off at widely separated times, embody temporary moods and impressions as frequently as seated convictions. That he had convictions is hardly to be doubted. He could be serious and devout, as well as mocking and cynical. But each reader will inevitably interpret the delightfully inconsistent old Persian according to his individual lights, moods and fancies. Among the less-known literary remains of the many-sided astronomer is the following quaint little dialogue between himself and reason, in which he reveals his very human, very modern personality far more distinctly than in many of the better-known rubaiyat. Omar and Reason Old Reason dined with me, a seldom guest. We passed a pleasant noon in idle jest. Said I, Thou, fount of knowledge, pray impart the truth of many things that vex my heart. First, tell me, what is life when rightly weighed? Asleep, said he, with dreams that glow and fade. And canst thou name the fruits thereof? I said. He nodded, sundry aches of heart and head. Then, what is marriage? Next I sought to know. An hour's joy, he scoffed, and years of woe. Define, said I, the breed that preys on me. A pack of jackals, wolves, and dogs, growled he. Can aught subdue the soul of man, I cried. The world hath whips, quoth he, and chains beside. What works are old Kayams? I asked betimes. False figuring, he laughed, and crazy rhymes. Anything is to be expected of the mathematician and poet whose philosophy had in it enough of the spice of humour 
to enable him thus to laugh at his own work. Edward Fitzgerald, to whom the English-speaking world owes its delight in Omar, was born March the 31st, 1809, in the White House, a fine old English mansion in Suffolk. He was the third son of John Purcell, a wealthy Irish doctor, who in 1818 assumed the name Fitzgerald, which was that of his wife, she having inherited her father's large estate. The future revivifier of Omar was educated at King Edward's School in Bury St Edmunds and at Trinity College, Cambridge. After his graduation in 1830, he passed a life of pleasant, easy-going literary dilettantism in the enjoyment of a moderate but sufficient income, always, in the words of his friend Carlyle, a lonely, shy, kind-hearted man. He married, November the 4th, 1856, Lucy Barton, daughter of his friend Bernard Barton, the Quaker poet, seemingly because he had promised her dying father to care for her. But his retiring eccentric nature was anything but adapted to married life, and in about six months the ill-mated pair quietly separated to live happily ever after. Fitzgerald's later years were chiefly spent on his farm at Little Grange near Woodbridge. He died June 13th, 1883. Although his miscellaneous writings and translations lack the enduring qualities of his one great poem, they are not unworthy of a man whom Thackeray and Tennyson delighted to call their friend. The first edition of Fitzgerald's version of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam of Naishapur, containing seventy-five quatrains, was issued in pamphlet form February 15, 1859, at five shillings but was sold out at a penny a copy, attracting no attention save in purely literary circles. This edition was reprinted by Bernard Quaritch in 1862. A second edition, containing 110 quatrains, was issued in 1868, to be followed by a third and a fourth, each of 101 quatrains in 1872 and 1879. Fitzgerald's version is far more than a mere translation. It is a masterly adaptation, a work of original genius based on the selected quatrains of the Persian poet, presenting many of his most striking thoughts and expressions in the purest English verse. Though some phases of Omar's mentality are not represented, the Persian, as a poet, has hardly suffered at the hands of the Englishman. How well Fitzgerald did his work may be gathered from a comparison of his stanzas with the translations of the quatrains of Omar upon which they were mainly based, printed elsewhere in this volume. End of section one.